focus on love, compassion, and respect. And if you try and engage in that on a day-to-day basis, I promise you, you'll be living a vegan life. Welcome back to the Vegan Fitness Podcast. And today you're in for a treat because I interviewed another amazing vegan influencer and fitness health coach that shares his knowledge on vegan nutrition, on working out. He shares his three best tips for everyone who wants to build muscle in the gym, basically. And he's such a positive and well-spoken vegan that I wanted to get him on the podcast. This episode is full of value, so stay tuned and really enjoy it. So welcome back everyone to the Vegan Fitness Podcast. Today we have Alex, aka that Alex Chicone or Chicone on the podcast. How would you call yourself on Instagram? How is it pronounced? Yeah, if you want to say, it's always my last name that's a little bit of an issue to say, but if you want to say it properly, it's Chicone. Uh, if yeah, you totally. want to say it like most people will probably say it, Chicone. So that Alex Chicone is usually how I uh, go about telling people to to say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's. I want to tell like a quick funny story because I actually lived in Italy for three years and studied Italian for some years as well. And there's a word in Italian that is called Chicone, and you probably know it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I hope I'm not a chuchone, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, chuchone means like come some kind of fatty or uh, yeah. fat kids or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Not fat at all, so. Yeah. Well, maybe when I'm bulking, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bulking is always a funny thing. But yeah, how are you feeling today, man? Feeling great. Feeling great, and uh, it's a, a pleasure and an honor to to be talking with you, man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on again. Um, for the people that don't really know you, I mean, of course, some people follow you maybe on Instagram since they also follow me and it's like a huge community that we're building here. So everyone knows each other for a bit. Like there's some people that are, um, yeah, posting a lot of Instagram and those people know each other a lot, but yeah, for the people that don't know you, could you maybe introduce yourself uh, real quick? Yeah, for sure. So, um, in terms of uh, already what you would have already mentioned, uh, my name is Alex Ciccone or Ciccone. Um, I, the way that I would kind of introduce myself, at least now in terms of the passion and calling that I have in my life, I, I consider myself a, a vegan influencer, uh, and someone who really just wants to spread the word about, uh, veganism, the vegan movement and, and what it's all about. Um, I think the lifestyle is still something that is quote unquote offbeat. Um, it's not mainstream and there's a lot of blind spots that individuals have. So, um, I really try and put a lot of my effort Uh, into educating um, and helping individuals bridge any kind of knowledge gap that they might have so that the lifestyle you know makes sense to them there's there's value there there's enough value there for them to uh, want to, to to give it a shot and uh, not only for the ethical treatment of animals uh, also for health uh, and the environment um, in terms of Uh, what I do for a day-to-day job and living, it's, it's very much within the fitness realm. Um, I work for an employee assistance program, which all that fancy schmancy wording means, means we, <laughs> offer, ser <laughs> we offer services to um, major organizations and their employees that cover things like mental health, financial, legal service advice. Uh, I work on the wellness side of things, so uh, I, I am a fitness coach on that team. Uh, so I, I help individuals uh, who are looking to improve their overall fitness level or health and well-being, and I coach them one-on-one uh, -on -one over the phone or through online chat. Uh, through this organization that I work for. 
Uh, I've recently uh, also been helping organizations run corporate-wide wellness challenges, so step challenges, nutrition challenges, mental health challenges. Uh, you know, really the 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 motivation uh, behind that is to help these employees become healthier, happier, more productive individuals, um, which not only benefits themselves but also benefits the organizations that they're working for. So it's uh, it's a win-win across the board. Uh, definitely loving what I do, and yeah, fitness is, has always been a passion in and throughout my life. So it's nice to be able to not only do that on the vegan side of things and spreading awareness, but also uh, in a day-to-day -day, uh, job. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it seems like you're helping a lot of people. You have this passion for helping people and um, yeah, educating them on the fitness and nutrition side. And that's how I actually found out about you on Instagram, of course. Like Instagram connects oh, cool. so many people. Um, we were both uh, providing a lot of infographics and knowledge to the vegan community and also like, of course, fitness knowledge. And that's why I wanted to get you on a podcast because you're also yourself a bodybuilder. If I um, could say that, can I say that? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I, I probably would have uh, classified myself as a, classified myself as a bodybuilder uh, a couple of years back. I, I would just consider myself a powerlifter right now, not professionally by any means. Uh, but I I love the three main movements, and it's it's always fun to to try and improve on those on a a week to week basis. So yeah. I would consider myself a powerlifter right now. You know, that's always subject to change. Uh, but f fitness in general, I mean, just staying active and staying healthy is, is so super important. So whatever whatever label you want to slap on that, I love strength training. So that's typically what I'll do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, why do the labels? Of course, uh, everyone does different things and everyone can. Everyone wants to improve, right? Everyone wants to be healthy and everyone has their way of doing it. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. But it's super interesting. And um, what interests me or what would interest my uh, listeners as well. Um, what got you into fitness or bodybuilding or powerlifting initially? Like, what was your mm -hmm. um, reason to go on the space? Mm -hmm. um, very interesting, uh, just from a standpoint of like evolution of what I've been involved in uh, physical activity wise. So growing up, um, Uh, I'm at, I'm Canadian Italian. I, I was born in Canada. Both my parents immigrated here from Italy back in the 60s. Um, but, you know, uh, having those Italian roots, uh, both my parents uh, grew up watching soccer, loving soccer. So they put me into soccer uh, as a very young kid. Uh, and I took to the sport incredibly well. Like I, I absolutely love it. And I still love it today. Wish I could play a little bit more. Uh, time, time is a constraint. But um, yeah, soccer was huge growing up. I played uh, at a very competitive level here in Canada, um, and it was something that I would train day in, day out. So I think I established those habits and passion for fitness uh, because of soccer and uh, playing competitive and rep level soccer here in Canada until I was well into uh, my older teens. So uh, after, you know, all the, the competitive play and rep play as a, as a younger adult, um, you know, going into university, I wasn't really focusing too, too much on soccer. I would play here and there. Sorry, I should say soccer and football because <laughs> here in North America, we call it soccer, <laughs> but everywhere, true, else, true. Every, everywhere else in the world, it's football. <laughs> and I, I feel like we're in the wrong. So just so you guys know, uh, it should be called football. It just makes sense. Anyway, exactly. I digress though. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't playing all that much and I wanted to find a form of activity that uh, I could get in 
and enjoy uh, that I had the facilities available to me and, and the gym was speaking to me. Um, I ended up getting into the gym and strength training. Uh, once I, I started training and, and started to see the results, how I felt uh, getting stronger as a soccer player. I mean, you're, you're doing very limited strength training um, in comparison to, to maybe some other sports. Uh, and, you know, when I had more exposure to strength training, I just I just fell in love. Uh, and that was it. Uh, I ended up obviously I would say like most individuals looking online and, and there was a lot of bodybuilding culture going on at that time. So that's why I say, you know, I, I kind of fell into body quote unquote bodybuilding. So, you know, your typical splits I would run uh, as a beginner and I just had fun with it. Uh, and you know, that led me to where I am today, uh, just really heavily getting involved into fitness because it was such a passion of mine, uh, becoming a certified personal trainer. Um, and then, you know, just just growing in my own own routine, finding the things that I loved. And, you know, today it's it's powerlifting and um, it's just a joy to just be in the gym day in, day out, uh, just moving heavy ass weight. Uh, it's, it's really, really fun. So, uh, yeah, that that's basically how I would say my journey started uh, and how I got into strength training. It was really just not being able to play that much soccer and wanting to find another activity and, and strength training was there for me. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And for people that don't yeah. follow you, you're always posting Instagram stories where you're squatting like, uh, let me lie. I'm, I think it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't know the number. I don't know. Something in the 400 pounds, right? How much you squat yeah. right now? Yeah. So um, funny enough, I, I don't test my one rep max very often, but uh, I was able to, to give it a shot this past summer. And uh, I ended up successfully completing a 450 squat uh, for one nice, rep. Nice. And It was it was a conservative one rep. Like I probably could have put a, another 20, 30 pounds on there. And, um, you know, in at sitting at around 180, that's that's a great number. I was proud of it. And and uh, once again, not something that I do professionally. So um, it, it was a it was a really proud moment to, to be able to hit that kind of number. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Like I'm no one close to that, but it's amazing. <laughs> and also interesting that you actually played soccer or football um, yourself because I played soccer um, for uh, 10 years as well before going to nice. bodybuilding. So that's uh, that's quite a similarity. That's funny. Um, what um, or when along the way did you actually go vegan when doing this whole bodybuilding and fitness? And why yeah. did you decide to go vegan actually? Yeah, so um, both of them went hand in hand and actually gave me a lot of motivation to start spreading awareness about veganism. Um, Essentially, I would have got into strength training. The numbers are a little bit blur for me right now, but I want to say around two to three years uh, before I went vegetarian for two years and then I went vegan. Um, now, my level of training when I was non-vegan versus vegan, vastly different. Um, when, I when I became vegan – It, it was my passion and purpose to say you can do this on a vegan diet. You can make significant muscle gain. Uh, you can realize any kind of uh, health and wellness goal that you want, fitness-related goal that you want, performance goal that you want. And I upped my uh, training and seriousness when I went vegan. So the way I was training when I was non-vegan and vegetarian was I would say very ho-hum, very like – right out of the magazine, like, give me the one pager. This is what I'm going to do for like three, four months. Like, that's how I approached it. Um, 
but when I went vegan, I was like, I, I, I really need to prove that this is possible and I need to do it right. Um, so yeah, um, now I've been, I've been vegan for more than four years now. So that's, that's pretty much nice. been the game. Yeah. That's awesome. And, um, did you have any challenges when making the switch to first vegetarianism and then to veganism or had you anything that you were afraid of maybe before making the switch? Like, of course it was at the beginning of your fitness uh, career. So you probably didn't have a lot of um, nutrition knowledge in the beginning as well. So you were pretty much, um, how do you call it? Like a blank paper. So you could basically, um, yeah, start the vegan way or the vegetarian way. I don't have to worry, but well, some, some questions that you had, like, can I get enough protein or, um, do I miss some vitamins from meat or something or other challenges that you had? For sure. Uh, I, I think no one's immune to that uh, unless you are incredibly well educated and caught up with the, the current research. There's there's going to be gaps and with gaps comes fears uh, and fear literally squashes any kind of, of dream or motivation. So I encourage anybody, if you have fear in your life, Just realize where that fear is coming from if, and if it's actually real um, for anything in life. But um, yeah, and don't let it stop you. And, and I think that, that does stop a lot of, a lot of individuals getting into um, veganism when they have a performance-related goal or fitness-related goal. Uh, and for me particularly, it was that. It was like, where am I going to get my protein? Am I not going to get specific micronutrients uh, because I'm not eating meat or cheese or uh, dairy or eggs anymore? Um, but the thing is, is if you have the right why and you have the motivation behind it, you'll always find the answer. And it's very possible. It's clearly possible, particularly now, like you start looking at all these different athletes in professional level sports or amateur level, uh, recreational, everyone has been finding fantastic success. So it's definitely possible. And just knowing that there's others doing it, I hope encourages people to get past that fear of, you know, am I going to get enough? Can I do this on a vegan diet? Um, so yeah, for me, it was just like, yeah, I had those fears, but the motivation was strong enough. I found the answers that I needed, uh, and I just ran with it. And, uh, along that journey, just continued to learn and grow. Um, and, and that, that's how it happened for me. Yep. That's amazing. And what were some of the resources that you used to, yeah, to educate yourself on nutrition maybe, or on training? Like, did you have specific books that you read or people that you followed that actually yeah, helped you on this journey? Yeah, for sure. Um, back when I was first going vegan, there were a handful, I would say, uh, of bodybuilders, um, people that come to mind, uh, like Ed Bauer, um, who was it, Tori Washington. Uh, yeah, Tori. Um, <laughs> There was another name and it's escaping me right now, but there was a handful of individuals doing it. Now it's like, it's definitely more widespread for sure. Um, yeah. but there were a handful of people and I, I would rely on those resources to, Oh, Derek tree size, uh, was another prime example. Anyway, they, they, they put up little tidbits of like, this is what a meal should look like. You know, don't worry about protein, just reinforcing those kinds of messages. Um, so I definitely relied on them for, I would say, motivation to just keep going uh, and, and knowing that it is possible. But in terms of, I would say, of, of finding strategies that I could follow that would allow me to 
do this on a vegan diet sustainably. Um, there were a lot of individuals in and around that time promoting uh, counting macronutrients, counting calories. Um, I couldn't I couldn't necessarily maybe pinpoint one specific resource because it was so kind of widespread that message amongst the fitness community. Um, and I I just ate that up. I thought the uh, ability to, uh, to count macronutrients gave a lot of flexibility and approach, which veganism needs, uh, because a lot of people feel like they're, you know, pigeonholed because they're they're going to be going on a very quote unquote specific diet. Meanwhile, when you're counting macronutrients and you're using that as your guide, literally any food it can be game um, if you know what you're doing. So. Uh, yeah, just I, I, I really gravitated towards individuals who were speaking around macro counting, uh, counting calories um, and using having that in my toolkit alongside, you know, individuals who I just saw, you know, excelling on a vegan diet uh, kind of just continue to give me confidence to to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Like the most yeah. of the people that you said, um, it's. Except um, Tori Washington, I don't know that I don't know them. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. Like the other two guys that you said, are they still like yeah. promoting the vegan lifestyle or what are yeah. they? Are they still active? <laughs> yeah, they are actually. Um, I think they're on they're on Instagram. They have uh, websites. Um, okay. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how I'm not sure how active they are, but um, they they were basically part of that vegan build vegan bodybuilding and fitness camp they had like a couple of articles on that that web page which once again that was a resource back then that i had frequented um vegan bodybuilding and fitness um you know they would yeah, they would right, post yeah. yeah they would just post like meal plans or you know uh spotlights on these vegan athletes um so that that was that was my initial exposure and, and that's where those names came from believe it or not yeah. yeah that's so amazing like this vegan bodybuilding and fitness site um, especially Robert Cheek or however you pronounce yep. his last name. It's like a huge yeah. vegan guy that like was already vegan like 10 years ago or something or even like a longer ago. And he, he helped to build this whole fitness, vegan fitness thing so much. And he's yep. still such an inspiration. Um, and I even like, of course I bought his book to, to read it and to, yeah, to get, um, to know his opinion on all this whole stuff. And I must say I was a bit disappointed by his knowledge in the book, but of course it's like, a lot of years ago so the science wasn't um yeah that developed yet and some myths were not yet um yeah recovered so still a good book of course for everyone who wants to start the vegan journey vegan bodybuilding and fitness um but right now there's a lot of like better knowledge of course on the internet um but yeah he's still awesome of course i don't want to talk down on robert cheek He's, uh, yep. yeah, the godfather of uh, vegan fitness, <laughs> you could say. In, indeed, um, indeed he is. He was like the first person who kind of like really put it out there uh, and got a lot of people thinking. Um, and exactly. and that's, what it, that's what it takes. And then you have individuals who come from so many different backgrounds and they start to see the value. And then they start adding their two cents with their experience and their knowledge. And next thing you know, it's, it's, it's game on, right? So – um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how, how it's grown. Yes. And you also mentioned that you, uh, yeah, you were reading about all these resources, like how to count calories, how to set up your macros, what would interest me and my listeners, um, of course, as well. Uh, what is your current macro distribution? Like, do you have a certain distribution or do you do intuitive eating? Maybe like how much protein do you get? Um, that yep. really interests me. Yeah. So, um, Right now, funny enough, I, I was planning to go to a powerlifting meet. 
Um, and unfortunately, just with a number of responsibilities, actually getting sick with the flu, what seems like three times this year already, uh, I unfortunately missed the mark, but uh, I was working and actually still working with uh, a coach. Um, And I mean, I've, I've had a number of conversations with, with him around, you know, macro split and, uh, and nutrition. And uh, it just, it, it, it varies from goal to goal, but I think what I've always typically followed uh, whether I had been, coached or not coached and um it it usually lands in and around that gram per pound of body weight in terms of protein um when we're talking general kind of guidelines um about 20 to 30 percent of my total calories depending on you know if i'm in a deficit or maintenance or uh, a surplus uh coming from fat and then the remainder in carbohydrates um you know trying to obviously get adequate fiber intake if I had to give you kind of like a blanket answer, it, it obviously varies dependent on the goal and if you're cutting or you're yeah. bulking. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's pretty much the the formula, you know, like a, a gram per pound of body weight in terms of protein, 20 to 30 percent in in terms of fats, uh, and then the the rest in carbohydrates. Yep. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty similar to me. Um, of course, I'm in the um, I have a different, we have different measurements here in the U. We don't work <laughs> with pounds and ounces and stuff. Mm-hmm. We work with grams like normal people. <laughs> <Just kidding> <laughs> I love I love the quote-unquote normal people. What are you trying to say? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, what I want to say, um, what's your opinion on this whole, um, like going a bit like, okay, not off topic, but it's um, yeah. something that interests me a lot. The whole protein topic. I mean, you say um, one gram per pound of body weight. So, mm-hmm. and I definitely agree with that. If you want to maximize muscle gain, then you have to eat around that amount of protein um, yeah, to maximize it, basically. But what do you say to people that say you don't, you don't need that much protein as a vegan? You only need, I don't know, like a random number, maybe like 1.5 LB, um, grams per LB or less even, like, what is your opinion on this whole matter? Like, do can you eat less protein or do you get less gains if you eat less protein? Uh, what that would really, really, really interest me. Yeah, uh, I think it. I think it depends on the goal. I think, um, like, unless you're you're doing specific kind of activity that requires um, you to rebuild muscle um, at, you know, a maximal or optimal rate. Um, if you're trying to pack on muscle as quickly as possible, you're, you're going to have to have adequate amounts of protein to support that growth and muscle protein synthesis. So, um, you know, if you're eating a lower amount of protein and you're not able to enact that process, uh, you're going to be stunting your progress. Uh, that's just, just my two cents. Um, just based off um, you know, what I know and the individuals that I've spoke, spoken to around uh, adequate amounts of protein, you need to be getting, uh, particularly in a in, in one sitting, enough protein to kickstart that muscle protein synthesis process. And if you don't have enough protein within that one bolus, you're going to be selling yourself short in terms of the amount of progress and recovery that you're going to be making. So uh, that's my two cents. I think you know if you're in a caloric surplus, you can certainly get away with eating less food or le- eating less protein. Um, you know if you if you're in a deficit. You're you're certainly going to need to ensure that muscle retention is there and and that, that you're you're not losing a significant amount of muscle uh, during a period like that and I think it warrants the uh, increase in protein intake to 
give you kind of a, a safe zone so that that doesn't happen. I mean, you don't have to be, you know, consuming thousands of grams of protein. I mean, there, there's obviously a threshold and you got to play around with that um, and, you know, make your own decision uh, around what you think is right and what you think is wrong. But uh, just based off the research that I've, I've looked at, I think, I think it warrants um, these, these higher intakes for sure. Yeah, that's true. And I always feel like, um, especially in the, in the vegan community, like protein gets kind of demonized a bit um, and people say like, oh, the supplement industry is pushing these studies and stuff, but like real, um, yeah, nutritionists and uh, sports, um, yeah, doctors even, and all the uh, known people in the fitness industry have done studies that show that higher protein take uh, leads to better lean mass retention and to better muscle building. So it always, like you said, depends on your goal. I mean, if you, if you're sedentary, of course, you need less protein. If you're running you need less protein or if you yeah if you don't want to make this your end goal to have the most amount of muscle possible then of course you can eat less protein but you have mm -hmm. to keep in mind that you are leaving some things on the table like you said as well and um one thing that would also interest me um you said that you need a certain amount of protein to maximize the protein synthesis per meal um i definitely agree with that like 30 grams or something i think 20 30 upwards um What do you think of the whole leucine topic? Because um, leucine, for people who don't know, is an amino acid that triggers muscle protein synthesis. Mm -hmm. That's at least what I um, know. Um, mm -hmm. And in vegan food, there's not a lot of leucine. I mean, of course, in red lentils, there's a lot of leucine. In pumpkin seeds, mm -hmm. there is. I did my research on this. Um, mm -hmm. But you're not always snacking on lentils or snacking on pumpkin seeds, even though they're amazing. So... Mm -hmm. If you are really like someone who wants to be a high-level bodybuilder, do you think that yeah, sub, uh, supplementing leucine or BCAAs in general, um, like two to three times per day, like I do right now, um, is optimal, mm -hmm. or do you think that's overkill? That's a great, <laughs> great point. Uh, I, I love how you say it though, leucine. Uh, I, I, I say leucine, um, but <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I'm, I'm but, German, so I yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I love it. Either way, I, I get the point. But um, yeah, I, I think leucine is an, an important amino acid to be looking at. I mean, based off the research that we have available now, it's it's like anything, you know, it's subject to change in future. Who knows? Right. But uh, it, it's important to be getting adequate amounts of leucine. Uh, and, and from what we understand now, uh, that is the most important amino acid for triggering muscle protein synthesis. So I think it's super important to making sure that your bolus Like that, that amount of protein that you're having within one specific, specific meal has enough leucine in order to, um, you know, get the process going. Now for vegans, like you said, dependent on the source that you're looking to consume, you might have to eat more of that specific food, which inadvertently might increase your protein intake. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, going back to the point that, that we were talking about is I, I don't think we should be shying away from eating higher amounts of protein. Um, you just got to be careful with, once again, uh, over-consuming calories in order to realize that goal. So there may need to be some, like you said, supplementation, whether it's through BCAAs or uh, whether it's through protein powders that are higher and, and have a better amino acid profile. Um, I wouldn't get super bogged down into these kinds of details and letting it detract from the bigger picture of like fundamentally just getting 
good, solid nutrition in, getting rest and recovery in, you know, uh, exactly. making sure that you you have progressive overload in the gym so that you you are you know continuously putting in that stimulus to allow you to make neurological gains and to get stronger physically. So it's everything. It's absolutely everything. We're talking about you know these kind of minutia things that would you know, hopefully give you the edge. Uh, but yeah, certainly something to consider. And um, you should be mindful of the kind of protein sources that you put in your mouth because, um, you know, some are going to be better than others given their amino acid profile. But uh, yeah, leucine, at least from what I know now and the research that we have now, uh, something that's very important to look at. Um, and if you need to supplement in order to allow you to uh, create that process, I don't think that that's, you know, the end of the world. It's just something that you need to to think about. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. such a such a fascinating topic for me, and I really want to get an expert opinion <laughs> on this matter. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, again concerning your training, I want to get back to your training. Uh, I mean, looking at you, like I said, you're strong as fuck. You um, has have a lot of muscle, of course, um, as a vegan. And for people that want to grow, they want to really um, grow muscles in the gym. What are the three things the listener has to do? in their training or with their training to build muscle? Yeah, if I had to choose three things, I, I think there's more, but if I had to choose three things, um, put, put in the work in the gym and focus on progressive overload. Um, so basically all that really means is how much do you lift right now on a week-to-week -week basis and how can you sustainably on a week-to-week -week basis increase the amount of poundage total in total uh, to allow you to challenge your body and basically force your body to say, okay, I'm lifting this much more weight this week. That means I need to adapt and get stronger. Uh, I think a lot of individuals will go into the gym with no idea how much weight that they might be pushing on a week-to-week -week basis. And, you know, they might be doing less some weeks they might be doing the same some weeks and it, i think it significantly reduces your chances of making progress particularly uh once you get past that newbie gain stage like man when you get to the gym when you first start working out it's like anything you lift you just your <laughs> bicep grows tenfold and it's like ah, i can do whatever i want and i'm gonna get just absolutely jacked and out of my mind um but I think, you know, once you have a, a certain number of, of years under your belt in terms of training age, uh, looking at the numbers and just making sure that on a week to week basis, you are indeed uh, putting in more work, uh, that's going to be significant. And, um, you know, that that's just something that I've I've found in, in my years of training and, and, the and you know, being able to see more progress. Uh, second thing, uh, nutrition, uh, you know, just really really identifying what strategy works best for you, what's most sustainable and realistic for you. There are so many ways to eat. Like the amount of diets out there, the amount of approaches out there, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I think you need to find what resonates most with you, what you think is most uh, realistic and sustainable for your lifestyle and run with it as long as you know that it's somewhat of a proven method. Um, for, for me, for me, it was macro counting and having the flexibility of being able to add in junk food if I wanted to. Um, I, I consider myself a foodie. So, you know, sticking to a meal plan that was all whole food, 
uh, based and I couldn't even, you know, have a single morsel of, of a junk food, that was not for me. I, I wouldn't be able to realize my goals if I did that. Uh, with macro counting, it allows me to eat mostly whole food, nutri very nutritious, you know, uh, fiber, fiber rich, micronutrient dense foods. But then if I want to have a couple meals or even one big meal of whatever I want, a pizza or pasta or whatever, any cheat food uh, that you can think of, it's not a cheat food at that point because you're factoring it into your total calories uh, in and throughout the day and, and it'll still allow you to realize your goals. So I think nutrition, just finding uh, a sustainable, realistic method that works for you um, is really important. Um, a lot of people try and just force themselves into one way of thinking or eating because they think, you know, someone else is doing it and they look cool and they, you know, they're, they, they're having success. So I have to do that. Well, it's, no, you don't. There's a million ways that you can go about your nutrition. Uh, just find what works best for you. Um, and number three, I would say rest and recovery. Um, just making sure that you're you're getting adequate amounts of sleep, um, you know, depending on where you are in your life, that that could vary. I mean, um, sleep is hard to come by sometimes when you're trying to jam pack your day, um, and and recovery is so incredibly important. I mean, getting a proper a, a good amount of sleep at night is when your body is in full recovery mode, um, and you can make significant progress by getting uh, just proper sleep. Um, and you know, even just you know day to day stressors. Uh, I think, you know, now nowadays, you know, mental health is something that seems to be, you know, talked about more readily. I still think there's a, a stigma in and around it, but just getting in tune with, um, you know, where these issues might be coming from mental health wise that might be stressing you out, making you anxious, uh, making you depressed. Um, and, you know, when you're feeling like that, it, it doesn't lead to optimal recovery. It could affect the way that your workouts go. It could affect the way that you, you ultimately eat. Uh, it could affect the way that you sleep or how many hours you sleep. So I think mental health is something that isn't necessarily talked about all that much. And it should be talked about as a, you know, resting and recovery and coping uh, kind of category. So uh, I think, you know, th those three things um, – if I had to label, if I had to like mention three, those would probably be the biggest. Um, but uh, that that's the thing with life. There's so many things to focus on. But um, if you can get those three right, you're you're doing pretty damn good in terms of making progress. So yeah, yeah, man, that's that's amazing. Especially the last point is something people overlook a lot. Like you have to recover from your workouts actually. And mm -hmm. if you have, uh, I don't know, if you have exams coming up or if you have. Um, yeah, some problems or yeah, discussions with your girlfriend. Your performance, if you are uh, performing at a certain level, will actually like suffer a bit in the gym, of course, because you're stressing out and you have to yeah to adjust your training if that happens, uh, so you don't injure yourself and can never train again, basically. But um, yeah, that's that's the basic three things. Um, that's perfect. Everyone can work with that. And what does your current um, training regimen look like? Mm -hmm. Uh, right now, my schedule uh, is ridiculous. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I typically love training about five to six times a week. Uh, just given the, the responsibilities that I've taken on recently, uh, it doesn't allow for that, unfortunately. Um, so I've gone down to three times per week, which uh, to me is still 
a great amount of time to work with. So I'm, I'm happy about that, but, uh, I'll train three times a week and I, uh, basically from a five to six times per week, strip down the hypertrophy work, uh, that I was doing previously and just focusing on, um, you know, the compound lifts. Um, so the squat, the bench and the dead. So I will squat three times a week. I will bench three times a week and I'll, uh, deadlift two times a week. Um, obviously the volume, uh, will change, uh, week to week, depending on, on where I'm at, um, in my training, but, uh, really just focusing on keeping as much muscle on my frame, um, keeping crazy strong. Cause that's what I love. Um, and then, yeah, just, just making sure that I, I can, I can just sustain that on a, a week to week basis, uh, without having to, you know, miss sessions left, right and center, because I've taken on too much responsibility and feeling bad about that and, and not being able to get my training sessions in or not having good training sessions. So, um, that's where I'm at right now. I'm loving it. I, I have time for absolutely everything that I want in my life. So, um, just another point, you know, to individuals out there listening, you know, there's there's times in your life where you have to go from training five to six times a week to three times a week. And, you know, if you get the time back or you make the time, you can go back up. Um, but that's not to say that you can't still make significant progress, um, you know, by reducing your training frequency. If you're training smart, you can get in what you need to get in and you can still make progress. So, um, you know, the whole you got to go to the extreme in order to make, you know, progress. That's, that's not true. Um, are you leaving a bit on the table? Yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's, that's the truth, but that's not to say that you can't still make progress. Progress is progress. That's what the focus should be. Um, you don't have to, you know, get down on yourself because you might not be able to make these crazy regiments happen. Uh, ones that you might see, uh, you know, other individuals doing so. Yeah. Yeah. That's another amazing point. Like don't get intimidated. If you see all these bodybuilders training seven days a week, two times a day, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> in the morning, cardio, in the evening, arms, this is crazy. And you don't have to do that if you don't have the time, if it's not your, yeah, if it's not your profession, like these people, um, you can train three times a week or even two times a week um, and still make significant progress. Like you said, of course, it's an amazing message, message again. Um, what would also interest me, since we didn't talk too much about um, yeah, the exact foods that uh, we eat, um, can you walk me through one full day of eating of yours? Like what do you eat pre-workout? What do you eat post-workout? Um, do you do intermittent fasting maybe? Or what are your strategies like through one full day of eating? Mm -hmm. uh, intermittent fasting, I, I haven't uh, ever engaged in. Uh, although I think it's something that I would take to just because shoving my face full of food in a small in a small in a smaller window sounds appealing. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of how I schedule my food, I, I, what I found works best for me. Uh, once again, it, it, you got to find a, a method that works for you. Uh, but what I found uh, what works best for me is four meals a day. Uh, that's typically my go to. I get enough protein boluses to support my training. Um in and throughout, uh, in and throughout the day, uh, within those four meals, I feel like it's an, no matter where I'm at in terms of how much food I'm eating, depending on my goals, I feel like I can stomach that amount of food in those sittings. Um, and it gives me a little bit of wiggle room to play with one or two of those meals if I want them to be quote unquote less healthy. Um, so I feel that gives me a lot of wiggle room and having four meals a day. So I'll have like a breakfast, 
a lunch, like a midday kind of meal, and then I'll have my dinner uh, or a, a later meal before bed. But uh, how those meals typically stack, uh, if I had to give you like one of my standard days, morning's always some sort of like breakfast food. So like an oatmeal or a cereal with some, you know, plant milk and nuts and seeds and fruits, uh, maybe some protein powder thrown in or protein powder on the side, uh, something like that. If I had like a breakfast cheat meal uh, or uh, call it a cheat meal, it's not a cheat meal. I factor it into my macros. But in comparison to something like oatmeal, like white flour pancakes, like yes. I just I, I, I'm obsessed with pancakes. So those like are my having, favorite. Those are my favorite yeah. Instagram stories from you. <laughs> Always these pancakes <laughs> with your with your dog. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah you, you'll probably see a lot of pancakes on my Instagram feed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so like pancakes is a, a go to for me. I couldn't can't get enough. Um, but typically um, my like second and third meal are, are actually pretty healthy. Um, one may or may not be a pre-workout, but just a mixed veg tofu or some sort of faux meat uh, or tempeh like those are my usually usually my main protein sources and then I just choose whatever carb I want on the side whether it's like uh, rice or bread uh, pasta uh, it, it varies I, I play around with that but the, in terms of like the vegetables and the main protein source uh, usually faux meat tofu tempeh uh, with any kind of mixed vegetable um, and then my last meal of the day is usually like my – like I've had a long day. I want to have just a crazy meal. It literally could be anything. It could be potato chips and protein powder. <laughs> like that could literally yeah, yeah. be my last meal of the day. It could be cookies and protein powder or protein cookies. I don't know. Like just something fun, whatever I want. No, um, yeah, and uh, in terms of pre- and post-workout, I actually don't – I don't have like – a set regimen for that kind of stuff. Um, I play around with it. Uh, Pre-workout, I try not to eat something that's going to be super hard on my digestive tract. Um, so something that's easily digestible. So uh, that's higher, typically higher in carbohydrates to give me uh, adequate amount of energy and fuel in and throughout my workout with obviously a, a quality uh, amount of protein so that I, I have the building blocks to work with if it's a particularly longer session. Uh, and then when I come home, yeah, it, it usually is a larger meal, uh, my post-workout meal, just because I'm ravenous from my workout. Um, but, you know, your standard, just very well-balanced meal, you know, a, a solid amount of carbohydrates for to, you know, get my glycogen stores right back up. Um, uh, just making sure that I have adequate amounts of protein to obviously kickstart the, the muscle building process. And, uh, you know, having a little bit of fat in there just to uh, keep it well-rounded, get the calories up and, um, you know, keep me satiated. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing too game-changing or groundbreaking there, but that's that's typically how I would go go about my day. Yeah, yeah I, love, I love especially the, the ending to your day, like, just eat whatever you want. Like, uh, I love this approach. Like, if, you, if the rest of your day is food with veggies and filled with fruit and all the good uh, plant sources then of course you can enjoy like some good stuff in the evening of course if it fits your caloric and macro goal and one thing yep. um that also yeah that's that's a question that a lot of people ask like is soy dangerous because you eat a lot of um like like you said tempeh and tofu and foam meat um do you limit your soy intake or do you really eat it every day and how much would you recommend is the maximum amount or yeah 
Uh, I don't limit it at all. Um, once again, I, I, I'm, I always say I'm a sample size of one. Uh, it might differ from person to person. I think soy is one of those things that I encourage individuals to do the research themselves. I think there's too much quote unquote conflicting information around it. Um, dependent on the source and who you speak to. Uh, so I, so I encourage, listen, go, go scour the internet, scour the research and come to a conclusion yourself. Personally, for me, based off what I've read and what I've sifted through, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a concern. I don't think there's a concern at all. And, and um, with me personally, I eat uh, – if you look at my, my meals throughout the day, like you said, I eat a shit ton of soy. Um, and I rely on it as uh, a main protein source for me, and, and that's not going to change. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to change. So um, I, I personally have, um, I would say, a, what would be considered – a high intake of soy in and throughout the day. And I've, I haven't seen any negative repercussions as a result. I'm healthy as an ox aside from all these viruses that go around, um, <laughs> in during the winter here in Canada, it's hard to avoid, but, um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, like some, uh, some minutes ago you said that some protein sources are better than others. Um, could mm -hmm. you maybe elaborate more on that? Like what exactly, um, Maybe if the listener didn't really get what you mean with that. Yeah, I mean, every protein source, particularly um, when you're looking at plants, the amino acid profile varies from source to source. Um, so, you know, there are sources that are lower in certain branch chain amino acids. Um, we talked about key amino acids like leucine. You know, these are things to keep an, an eye on. Once again, don't get super bogged down with those kinds of details, but, you know, something to, to keep an eye on. Um, personally, for me, just based off the sources that I have on a day-to-day -day basis and that I, I deem as quality, I think soybeans um, and the, the products that come out of soybeans typically lend to a pretty favorable protein source. Um, and when you start mixing that with other foods, uh, not that, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, not that you have to mix your protein sources. Um, when you start adding other foods, the protein count goes up. So, um, you know, it, it you're going to be You know, you're going to be having all the amino acids that you need in and throughout that day when you're having a variety of sources. Um, so, I mean, that that's my answer is that I think that there's certain uh, plant sources that have, I would say, a stronger amino acid profile in comparison to others. Um, and just maybe sticking to those a little bit more um, if you know, muscle gain is something that you want to focus on, uh, could lend well, particularly for me, soybeans is certainly one. And another thing that I heavily rely on are, uh, protein powders, uh, particularly post-workout or in the morning, uh, if I'm having like oatmeal or pancakes or something like that. Um, you, typically when you're, you're creating a protein powder, those amino acid profiles, uh, per scoop is, very good very good they make it a point to make it very good so um i'm not sure if that answers your question and where typically my mind at is at uh my mind's at on a day-to-day -day basis but that's that's typically how i go about it yeah yeah that's I, i like that i like that and um again like talking about the protein powder 
people again like to demonize protein powder in the vegan community i think and i mean it's not the devil it's just like concentrated protein of course it has not a lot of micronutrients or not any micronutrients at all um but if the rest of your diet is on point and you want to you want to hit a certain protein amount but you don't want to stress about eating beans 24 7 and want to have some room for maybe more veggies or maybe more fruit then of course implement some shakes and that's fine that's nothing wrong with that if you want to hit a certain amount of protein um that's just something i wanted to yeah address again and that's it with the d detailed questions i in the end i do a quick hot seat um <laughs> it's always a funny section um that my listeners enjoy um just like i throw some keywords at you and there's some um categories where, where you say yes or no um, okay. i would say that of course but um you don't have don't have to do a detailed answer but if you have something um you want to say about the topic you can of course um elaborate on your answer um we are here we are in a free country uh, or in a free world <laughs> so you can say your everything you want um okay um ready all to right. get going anxiety levels up just just like a thousand percent <laughs> but all right yeah let's let's do this okay um caffeine yes or no yes okay um oreos yes or no yes <laughs> for okay, sure now now a very controversial one um i don't know if i say it right in english um spirulina or spirulina Yes oh no? no no I can't <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you actually this one I'll elaborate on because yes. th this this is like when I first went vegan and I was looking at like you said <laughs> high quality protein sources spirulina is up there on the list okay and uh, I'm like oh, I I'm gonna put this in my uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put this in my shake oh my god the first time I put spirulina in my shake I didn't know what it was gonna taste like my whole shake felt like tasted like the ocean and and there were like 20, 20 fish in my shake. I couldn't believe how disgusting it was. Maybe I got a bad batch of spirulina. I don't know. Maybe someone can fill me in on why uh, people use it. But maybe I just used too much. It's, it was disgusting. And I swear to God, I, I have not had it since. Uh, I just have not had it since. I'm like afraid to try it. But uh, I think I should give it another go. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a fair uh, unfair assessment. <laughs> No, no, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, uh, like some some months ago, I was like, "Damn, everyone um, tells me that spirulina is so healthy and so awesome. I have to try it out." And I didn't even use a lot. I used like five grams or something um, in my smoothie, and my smoothie turned from a beautiful, from a magical unicorn color like purple <laughs> into a yeah. fucking mess like gray, gray vomit or something. <laughs> oh man! And the taste was worst. Because, yeah, like I said, it just tastes like fish. But, of course, it depends. Some people like it. And maybe we have to work with pills to get into the spirulina. But I yeah. don't like it as well. Um, it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, hummus or guacamole? Ooh, it's a tough one. But hummus. Hummus. Yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, that's awesome. Um, cashews or almonds? Cashews. Yeah, the cashew life, the cashew yeah. hype real mm -hmm. um if you had to choose uh, vegan pizza versus vegan burgers Ooh, <laughs> this one's tough i love both pizza it's the italian in me pizza yeah <laughs> true yeah do you have good uh, vegan pizza places in canada or in your town 
Yes. Um, so, like, this is the thing, is that there's a lot of, like, non-vegan pizza joints that are hopping in on the game, and they're making vegan pizzas. And I and I absolutely love it, because I think it just... It, it, it just shows the open-mindedness of these chains or like even, you know, private chefs who um, are wanting to, to give more options. There are tons of places like that in Toronto, which is where I live uh, in Canada. And there's a particular pizza place here in Toronto that does like uh, an authentic Neapolitan kind of pizza. And they make their own like in-house vegan cheese. It's a non-vegan restaurant, but they decided to make it their own in-house non-vegan cheese. And it's off the charts. Like it's a authentic pie. It's not like a chain pie that like has all the, you know, dia that some people don't like. Um, and it's, it, it's off the charts. It's, it's amazing. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I still have yeah. to have to find a good place. And here in Berlin, of course you can do it yourself. And I will actually, after this podcast, I will uh, make a pizza with my, with my father, um, with nice. uh, with a mozzarella mozzarella recipe from the internet, so maybe this turns out amazing. Let's see. Um, but you yeah, send me um, a slice. Uh, send me a slice via some mail. <laughs> yeah, we might PayPal. be stale and old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about future vegan McDonald's? Yes or no? Ooh, that is that is just contradiction Spicy. beyond belief. No, but I think I. I, I think I think it's bound to happen, uh, just given how the movement's growing. I think. Do you mean all like vegan items uh, at no. McDonald's or like a vegan McDonald's? Um, I meant uh, because they introduced a vegan burger. Like, what do you think of that? Oh, basically? oh, what do I think of the burger? Well, I haven't tried it. Um, I think it's I think it's just crazy that McDonald's has a vegan item on their on their menu. I think once again, yeah, it's a testament to how much the the movement has grown and um how it's how it's catching on um it's totally contradictory just given how many animals they uh uh you know they put they send to the block but um i you know it it once again just shows the growth of the movement and i think there's there's good and bad things and not that i want to be a fence sitter here but um you know, I think ultimately, as long as progress is being made, we need to tip our hats to that. We need to tip our hats to that. So uh, that's my thoughts. I haven't tried it, though. Have you tried it? Um, no, it, I think it's um, it did, debuted in Finland, um, what I heard. Um, but it's not that far away from Germany. I think we will get it soon. But I haven't tried mm -hmm. it yet. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely try it. I mean, why not? Um, but yeah. yeah, you said it yeah. right. And um, if you would have to decide... Oh, no, no. What? Let me say, say it otherwise. Um, what's your favorite exercise of these three? The squats, bench, or deadlifts? Squat. Like, not even a question. If I had okay. to choose one, I, if, if I had to go down to, like, one day of training, I would just squat for 24 hours. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, now you have to choose. John Venus versus Sinlet Nutrition. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I've had way more ex exposure to... Uh, Venus. Yeah. I'd say John. I'd say John. But that, that's okay. just based off because I've seen more of him. I like, It's not based off anything else. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to decide, right? Because um, the question is not like, who do you like, man? Like, just, yeah, who's better? Uh, I don't know. Um, the next um, couple I want to ask you is, or couple, like, um, people I wanted to, yeah, ask you. Um, Tori Washington versus Nimai Delgado. Ooh, 
this is like old school versus new school. I feel like we're like there's been enough time to classify it as that. Um, they're both amazing. They're both amazing, and they and they. Oh, this is this is too hard. Can I pass? Uh, yeah. God yeah, okay. damn. Maybe, no, I'm not going to pass. I'm not going to pass. Um, I, I just, I, I've noticed, uh, you know, Nimai really grow, uh, over the past couple of years. And, um, it's so great to see the amount of individuals that he's reaching, uh, as of late. So, uh, I'm just based off that. I'm going to have to tip my hat to, to good old Nimai. He's, he's a good guy. I've had, uh, a number of conversations, uh, through Instagram with him and, um, Nice. Yeah, it's just it's just so great to see what he's doing. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And the last question is not a hot seat question, but something that um, my dear listener can yeah get a lot of value from. What is your number one advice for people that want to go vegan? Focus. I know this has kind of been a theme in and throughout the the podcast, but focus on progress, not perfection. Um. I'll say it again, focus on progress, not perfection. The reason why I, I really highlight that is I find a lot of individuals, when they think veganism, they think extreme. They think all or nothing, um, and it puts them off, either from even getting started, or if you tip your toes in the water and you just feel like you're never doing it right because it's just too hard. It's You need to be perfect in order to be vegan. I am not even close to being perfect, and I've been vegan for four, four plus years. I have made plenty of mistakes in my journey. I have eaten bacon by accident at a family <laughs> function event. Like, Crazy. I, I've, I've done that, and it was by accident, and I know it was by accident, and you need to understand that we're human beings, and you know these are things that happen, and we shouldn't get down on ourselves. We need to focus on love compassion and respect and if you focus on that and you kind of strip away that vegan title it's important to use the word vegan but just strip it away just for a second focus on love compassion and respect and if you try and engage in that on a day-to-day -day basis i promise you you'll be living a vegan life um and you know any little kind of step that you can take you know that that realistic sustainable kind of first step start with that make progress If ultimately you constantly have in the back of your mind, I want to be vegan, I want to be vegan, I want to be vegan, you will get there. Um, but don't don't get bogged down by the, the perfectionist, the extremist kind of side of things. Um, it, it'll just discourage you. It'll just demotivate you. Uh, focus on progress, not perfection. Yep. I love this. I love this. You're such a well-spoken and positive vegan role model on instagram especially and oh, thanks, people man. definitely have to check you out and they got a lot of value out of this podcast but where can they actually find you when people want to contact you or yeah connect with you where can they find you yes um i am certainly most active on instagram so if you have instagram uh if you want to support me and i i, I would beyond appreciate it if you could uh follow me there my tag is at that uh H-A-T, Alex, A-L-E-X, Ciccone, C-I-C-C-O-N-E. Um, I also have a blog. Um, it's the same uh, name, so it's www.thatalexciccone.com. I also have a Facebook page. I have um, Twitter and Snapchat 
and soon, very soon, it's been a plan in the works for a while, is a YouTube channel. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, but all under the same name, that Alex Ciccone, you can always find me there. Um, so yeah, I would, I would be on to appreciate your support and, and I hope you find value in, in, in the things that I do put out there. Yep. That's amazing. I will link everything in the show notes and thank you again for coming on so much value. You gave so much value to the audience and have such a positive, um, yeah, outlook on life and the vegan, um, yeah, the vegan lifestyle. So thank you again for coming on and awesome. we'll, thanks yeah, for having we'll me. Soon. Yep. Thanks, Fritz. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Vegan Fitness Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you got a lot of value and knowledge out of it, then please give this episode a rating on iTunes. It helps the podcast grow and gives me the opportunity to share more awesome episodes in the future. So, yeah, go rate it right now. If you're on SoundCloud, then please give it a like and comment below if you liked it. Thank you again for listening. We'll hear us in the next episode.